So I, I was supposed to do another one uh, this evening with, with a friend of mine, and he wasn't feeling good, so he's not going to make it. And I thought I'd do a standalone and tell a story, and the story I thought I was going to tell up until like a couple hours ago, uh, I, I decided to switch. So I'm going to tell this story now about uh, the time that I worked at a little, little restaurant called Quiznos. And so, in about 2005, I came back from college in Arizona, and I moved in with my friend in his house, and I met a girl, and I interned out in Beaverton at a TV studio. Um, That all came to an end, and a different friend of mine moved down, and him and I were in a band together, and we we decided we were going to try to write songs and and record and tour and all that kind of stuff. So we found an apartment. Um, One of my ex-girlfriends actually was the landlord at this apartment complex or the the apartment manager. And she let us move in there. And uh, so this was January of 2006. And my internship was over and school was over. And I didn't really know what I was going to do, but I needed to make some money. And so, uh, in a, in a different episode, I want to go through each one of the jobs I've had and like tell little bits and pieces about them. Cause I've had a ridiculous amount of jobs, 26 jobs, 28, something like that. And there are little things to talk about from each one. Uh, but for this episode, I'll just kind of hang on Quiznos. Uh, so at that time that, uh, I moved into that apartment with my friend, uh, I, I worked at a blockbuster for a couple weeks and that didn't work out. And then I got this job at Quiznos out in Gresham. And I, I had worked at a deli in Phoenix. So I knew all about the sandwich arts and those jobs are cool. Cause usually you can make something for yourself to take home. And Quiznos was no exception. Uh, I, when I started there, this would have been February of 06, the manager was 30 or 31 years old. He was just a young guy and everyone else that worked there was in between like 19 and 25 probably. So everybody was super young and I was at the bottom of the, the totem pole in terms of getting shifts and working. So I would work two or three days a week for just a few hours. I usually would work the lunch rush, 11 to two. And uh, I was only making 650, 675, seven bucks, something like that. So I was making basically $20 a day, three days a week, 60 bucks. It was, I mean, it wasn't even enough to buy groceries. I was super broke and I, I worked as many hours as I could, but there were other people in in line ahead of me. So they were the ones that were getting 40 hours and stuff like that. So my buddy that I lived with, he, he got a job. He had been a waiter at various places and he got a job at uh, Olive Garden right down the street from where I worked. And at that point in my life, I was pretty naive and I thought Olive Garden was like an actual classy restaurant. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I, my parents had never really taken us anywhere fancy. 
uh, whenever we, we lived in the Dalles and every time we came to Portland, you know, the, the fanciest place we would go would be Olive Garden. So I always kind of thought it was, I, I knew it wasn't really fancy, but I just thought, you know, it was a decent place to go. And so he got that job there and I was like, oh man, he's going to be, he's going to be making some tips, bringing home some dollars. And he started working there and he, he came home after a few weeks and he's like, yeah, man, it's super embarrassing. I can't believe I worked there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, it's Olive Garden, man. And I go, yeah, but isn't that kind of a good thing? I mean, you're making money and everything. He's like, this is not a nice restaurant, Maxwell. I don't know what you're thinking. And so he, even though he wasn't real happy with it, he would, he'd bring home a decent amount of money. He probably made like 50, 60, 70 bucks a night in tips. And the thing that blew my mind that he told me is that all their food is prepackaged, ready to go, like in individual Ziploc baggies. And so the, the chefs, they're not cooking anything. They're just basically heating stuff up. Uh, so they just pull it out of the freezer, snip off the top, dump it in a skillet and heat it up. And there you go. There's your, there's your super classy Italian food, America. But he, because he worked there and it's always easier to get a foot in when you have a friend there, uh, I went and applied and I thought it would be cool if I got a job there because I wanted to make more than $60 a week at Quiznos it wasn't cutting it. So I went in there and I interviewed and I really impressed the manager because I, I said something along the lines. She asked, why do you want to work at Olive Garden? And I was like, something like, uh, it's Olive Garden synonymous with, with quality or something like that. And I was being serious. I wasn't just kissing her ass, but it, whatever I said, it worked and she hired me. And so I came back. Um, I don't know, sometime later in the week for my orientation and I had been hired as a waiter and at Olive Garden, I don't know if this is still the policy, but in 2006, you had to roll your sleeves up to at least like your forearm, maybe past your elbow. I can't remember. And I knew they had a strict no tattoo policy and I've got these ridiculous tattoos on my, on my wrist and my forearm. So I go in there for the orientation and the guy calls me back and he says, okay, yeah, come on back here. We're going to watch the training video. We're going to do this thing, fill out some paperwork. And I stopped him. I'd only been there for like three minutes. And I was like, hey, man, I have tattoos on my arms and I rolled my sleeves up and I go, this isn't going to work out, is it? And he looked at me and he's like, nope. And so I kind of quit. I kind of got fired. I don't even really know how that works out. But yeah, I worked at Olive Garden for a few minutes and then I didn't. Um, so I was still at Quiznos and I was always searching for other jobs anyway. And Quiznos was a, I mean, it was just a job. I, I worked with cool people. I got free sandwiches every day and it was low stress, but I didn't, I mean, it's not a career or anything. Uh, but there were, there were a bunch of interesting characters there that I worked with. I worked with a bunch of stoners and there's this one kid who, uh, he's probably 20, 21 and he's like your classic skateboard stoner dude with just like this crazy curly hair that just, it was never in the same spot. It was just whacked out all the time. And he would come in there with a skateboard and he always kept his, uh, his uniform, his Quizno shirt and his apron in the locker in the back. And it would just be filthy, man. He would, 
you could tell after a while that like he wasn't taking it home and washing it. And at the end of uh, his tenure there, he, I worked with him for like nine months. He pulled his uniform out on the last day and he's like, check it out, man. You know what? I never washed this thing one time. And I was like, seriously, dude, in nine months? He's like, never took it home. Smells pretty bad, huh? I was like, dude, that is so gross. But he he would come in uh, ripped all the time. And uh, there was this one time he, he came in super high and we were making sandwiches. And if you've never been to Quiznos, they have a bunch of signature sandwiches like uh, chicken carbonara and... God, I can't remember the other names. There's a bunch of different names, but they're all d very distinct. And we'd been working there for a while. And even if you don't know what goes on each specific sandwich, there's a little card right in front of you. So if somebody orders something and you forget whether or not it has ranch on it, you can just look at the little card in front of you and get all the right ingredients. And this, uh, this lady comes in and orders a sandwich one time and she's, uh, he's like, Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Quiznos. What can I make for you? And she goes, um, you know, I think I'll get the chicken carbonara. And he's like, all right, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, we'll see you at the other side, okay? And he, he gets the sandwich out or the bread out and he starts making it. And he looks over at me and he goes, what sandwich am I making, man? <laughs> I was like, dude, she just told you eight seconds ago. Is your brain that bad? Chicken carbonara, carbonara bro, come on. And there was this other guy that worked there too. He was a little bit older. He was like 24, 25. And he, he would never stop talking. He had diarrhea mouth. He, oh my God, he would get annoying. He, he just, he, he would come in super high all the time too. And uh, his brain would go in weird directions. And he just talked nonstop for hours. And this one day we were working there together. And he's like, man, I just got a new bong. It's really cool. I was like, right on, dude. And he goes, you mind if I go home and take a couple rips? I'll be back really quick. I just live over here. I was like, cool. Yeah, go for it, man. And it was just him and I working. And he takes off and he's gone for like at least an hour, maybe hour 15. And he comes back and, I, and it was dinner rush. So I was working there by myself. Uh, he's over at his house taking bong hits. And he comes back in. I'm like, Man, you've been gone forever. What took you so long? He's like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Let, let's get right into it. So he jumped in there and we started making more sandwiches. But it, it was all that that kind of just like young adolescent stoner who cares about this job, whatever type of um, uh, sentiment. And like I said, the boss, he was really young. He was only 30 or 31. And so he he interacted with us in a different way than you would have if he would have been a little bit older you know he it was kind of like it's kind of like the pirates took over the ship and so he as I came to find out later he had uh kind of developed some issues in his life he had a wife and he had a couple kids and although he didn't share it with me maybe he did with some of the other people he had started to go through a divorce and I don't know if it if it had become final or if he was just in the process, but you could tell he was split up. He was, uh, I mean, his his wife and his kids never came in there, although he would bring his kids in once in a while just to be like, hey, what's up, guys? Check it out. These are my kids. And he was a super cool guy, uh, 
always lots of fun. You could just tell like he was battling some stuff. There was, there were some things going on inside him. And so I, I got hired there, like I said, in February of 06 and I worked there until, uh, October or late September. So I only worked there seven months. I was wrong. I think I said nine earlier, seven months. So we, we make it through, um, the spring. And then I actually got hired at the convention center in May. And so I was working at the convention center, uh, as well as Quiznos and, um, probably just a couple shifts a week at Quiznos, but I was still munching those free sandwiches every day. I worked there. That was the best part. And so over the course of that summer, things, things started to get more noticeably worse. And he, the, the boss would do this thing where he, he would only come in during the lunch, uh, the lunch rush. So he'd work Monday through Friday, 11 to two or 11 to one. He'd do the books. He'd, he'd count the money. He'd do all the, the authority owner type stuff. And he, uh, would, would take care of that. And then he, he'd peace out because he didn't care. He didn't want to be there all day. And so over the course of that summer, I, I noticed like more and more uh, th- things going down. You know, he, there was this one day he came in there and he always wore like nice, crisp blue shirts and, and slacks. You know, he like ironed his stuff before he came to work. He, he uh, even though he's just managing a Quiznos, he was, he looked good and he, he was like proud of himself and everything. And he came in this one day and he lifts up his shirt and he's like, check it out, Maxwell look at my side. And I'm like, what? And he's like, look at the claw marks on the side of my skin. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, I was with this girl last night and she was just loving me. And I was like, okay, cool, man. I'm gonna go out and make a sandwich now. Right. So he, he, you could tell like, uh, he had, he had left the whole married life and he was trying to move on with everything that was going on. And he, uh, he was just having trouble. And there were a lot of days where he'd go out on the river with his friends. And I think he lived, I think he lived in an apartment with a couple dudes. And I don't know if they were a very good influence on him or what, uh, but he'd come in hammered all the time. Eyes just bloodshot, looking like he'd been drinking gallons of booze on somebody's boat out on the river, all sunburnt. Um, and I didn't think much about that until he started calling occasionally. He would call the, the landline in the store and he'd say, hey, Maxwell, uh, Ricky, or whatever his friend's name was, Ricky's going to come in and I, I want you to take $500 out of the till and give it to him. And I was like, uh, what? And he's like, oh, it's, it's cool, man. Like, I'll put it back later. I just, I, I just need to give him that money so he can pay rent, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, that sounds sketchy, but whatever. You're the boss. You want me to take money out of the till and give it to your friend. It, it's your deal. You do the books, whatever. So his friend would come in there and I'd, I'd pull 500 bucks out of the till and I'd give it to him. And then I, I never knew whether or not it got replaced. And he did this a few different times over the course of that summer. And sometimes he would just come in, like I said, looking hammered and sunburnt, and he would get in the till and um, 
and, and take money out. And so I really, I was naive. I was young. I was 21, 22. And I didn't really think twice about it. I thought it was weird, but I, I didn't really question it. He was the boss. And so the summer ended and uh, we, we moved into September and I, I was ready to be done with it. I didn't want to work there anymore. The worst part about working at any fast food restaurant, and I mean, I guess that's fast food, even though it's not french fries or burritos or whatever, like, I guess it's still considered fast food, but you, you stink so bad. You could go do a 15 minute shift at Quiznos and you just smell like grease and meat and ugh, so gross. I'd leave that job, come home and take my clothes off and throw them directly in the washing machine because they just made everything around it stink. So I was over it. I was ready to get out of there. I had that job at the convention center. Things were working out. I was making making more money there. There was no reason to be at Quiznos anymore. Uh, it was really just kind of getting in the way. And yeah, we, uh, my, my buddy that I was in a band with, we had moved into a new house. I forgot about that. We moved into the house on July 1st of that year. So it was, it was a much longer commute. Uh, the house we moved into was on 104th and Halsey in, uh, outer Southeast Portland, I guess outer Northeast, whatever. It was a drive to go from 104th and, uh, Halsey way out to Gresham to make $6 an hour at Quiznos. So I was over it. September rolls around. I, I decide that I'm going to put in my notice and then there was this vacation that, uh, that my mom asked me to be a part of. Uh, so that was kind of like, that was a cool way to just end my, my tenure or my, my stretch at Quiznos and be done with that and go on vacation and come back. And then I don't ever have to deal with it again. And so I can't, I mean, I must've given them notice at some point. I don't actually remember having a conversation with anybody, but this one day, just like, maybe a week before I was going to go on this vacation, the girl that I worked with that basically ran Quiznos, she was the manager, assistant manager, whatever. And we, her and I had hung out a little bit and uh, had drinks and stuff like that. So we were kind of friends. And she calls me up and she's bawling her eyes out and she can't, she can't say any words. And I'm like, hey, hey, calm down. Like, what, what is going on? And she goes, our boss she used his name our boss killed himself and i go what and she goes he shot himself in the fucking head he's dead and i was like whoa 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 slow down our boss quiznos we're talking about the same guy he's dead right now is that what you're telling me she said yeah i don't know what else to tell you that's all i know i just got a phone call blah 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 so i get off the phone with her and i'm just like what I, I knew he had trouble and I knew some things were going on, but I had no idea he would ever do that. And, uh, I mean, I haven't experienced that many, many things in my life where people die, especially not through suicide. There was a girl, there was a girl that we went to high school with and I think I was a, I think I was a sophomore or a junior and she was a freshman and her boyfriend broke up with her and she killed herself. 
so that was that was really the only experience I had with knowing someone who had chosen to take their life like that. And it was really, really weird. And um, even though I wasn't close with them, I mean, you still, you, anytime somebody does something like that, you're just like, what could I have done? Why, why did I not see that coming? And now it's over and now there's nothing we can do about it. So we... Somebody, somebody makes the plan to have a memorial and we go, coincidentally, the last day that I was supposed to work at Quiznos, I go out there and we, uh, the, the other person who, who owned the shop had, uh, made the decision to close the shop early so that anyone that was working could go to his memorial, his funeral. And so I went there for my last shift and made the sandwiches and swept the floor and did all that kind of stuff. And then we shut it down. And I think we usually stayed open till eight and we closed it at like five that day. So then we went down the street to his memorial and he had, from what I recall, and this may be wrong, but I think it's right. He had driven himself to some overpass with a 22, which is not a very, I don't know that much about guns, but I know a 22 is not very powerful. Uh, and he had driven to this overpass and went underneath it and shot himself with the 22. Somehow, when I show up to that funeral home and we walk in and I've never been, I've never been to something like that. I've never seen a dead body. And I assumed it was so devastating and messy that it would be closed casket. But I walk down these stairs and I go into the room and there are his two children who were probably three and five, four and six, like young kids. And they're standing next to his body that's laying on this stretcher, this gurney, and nothing's covered up. He's got pants, he's got shoes, he's got a shirt. He's wearing a baseball cap, which was totally normal. He wore a hat a lot, but somehow they, they cleaned it up and put him out there like that, and I almost lost my shit. When I saw him laying there with his two kids next to him, I couldn't hang. Um, and so I don't really remember what else happened. That's kind of the only image that got burned in my mind. Uh, and then after that, we left and I didn't really talk to any of those people ever again. Still haven't in 15 years. And the, the, the shop hung on for a little while and they kept making sandwiches. I never went back there. Uh, but I would drive by occasionally just to like get nostalgic and reminisce um, and, uh, then it turned into like some sort of vegan bakery or something and that failed and now it's vacant. And I went out there the other day with my kids and I told them, yeah, this is, this is the sandwich shop I used to work in. And I got out and I walked over there and I was looking inside all the same stuff is there, all the tables, all the chairs, 
the the counter where we made all the sandwiches it looked exactly the same as it did 15 years ago uh and it was it was weird it was surreal and then a, a friend of mine told me that they're gonna rip the whole thing down and put it in a chick-fil-a so so there you go so that is the story of quiznos